Hello, hello. Welcome to the Steve Sash Schwartz podcast, episode seven, where we discuss all things related to contemporary art. Today, we're going to be discussing my Black Holes series, um, which are these pieces here. As many of you know, I work in different genres at the same time in quite an intense manner. Loosely, they are abstract, uh, conceptual, and in this case, somewhat figurative. These are actually based on the figure, so that would be accurate. And I just wanted to discuss that process and share these works with everyone. So these pieces actually took place very much over time and evolved. For example, they were begun around 2009, 2008, 2010 even, and didn't really come to a resolution until like 2022 with a big pause in between. Um, but that's the nature of art and how things germinate or germinate in your subconscious, uh, you know, as time rolls on. So these pieces, I've always been fascinated with the human figure and the direct thing that happens when you draw an individual from life. Okay, that's very kind of a traditional approach. I always have like a symbiotic relationship, I would say, with my sitter or model. And uh, it's a really direct experience. So these pieces were based on very descriptive line drawings. I guess you would call them contour drawings in a way with thick, juicy black charcoal just on a stark background, wood, right? And it showed a lot of personality, a lot of individualized characteristics of the sitter. In fact, the pieces looked like the sitter. That was half the point. But I love line drawing because line drawing really seems to cut to the chase and pairs away all the BS. And you really feel like the personality of the sitter, I think, actually blended with the persona of the artist as well. And it's amazing how descriptive and psychologically provocative a line drawing could be. So that's how these things started, just the impetus. Oh, I'm struck by that. I want to draw that. I draw it on a big scale, very directly. And so that way, the line of the charcoal on the wood, these are all drawn on wood because I build them up and they're quite heavy paintings and the canvas would sag and everything. So I'm drawing directly on wood, right? And the line has a real character. It's not flat. It shows volume. It describes a personality and a form all at the same time. So it's a really direct way of uh, conveying information, let's say, and a personality and a cool image, right? So then I think from where I'm coming from, the line drawing is like a scaffolding to hang a painting on, right? So I do this drawing and it's almost secondary in a sense to the, uh, what you call it, the end result of the painting, okay? But yeah, as a point of departure, okay, I'm drawing something that I like, it's something that compelled me to make a piece of art, which is uh, where that kernel, that germ of inspiration always comes from, like, what do you want to do? Okay, so 
I did this, but I always wanted to feel like, okay, I want to keep that line, but I want that line to be painterly in a sense and fluid and have like physical depth and not just like the flat depth on the piece of wood or the surface, whatever it happens to be drawn on. And so these pieces, uh, I go over the line a second time with these plastics that are kind of transparent. So I build them up volumetrically, right? There's like these little ropes of plastic I'm arduously putting on there. And the thing is like when they dry, they're transparent. You could see right through them. Sometimes they even cast a shadow through there. So you could play with that a lot, right? So I wanted the thing to exist as a painting and a drawing simultaneously, which I think it effectively does. So that was like one iteration of these pieces, right? These individualized portraits or scenarios, what have you, of these particular figures. Um, but then over time, I felt it was like uh, not persuasive enough, not convincing, or it was, but it's not, I wanted to take this in a more universal direction, let's say. So I thought, okay, how do you preserve the line and all that personality and character and everything, and yet make this more universal? Like, it's not so-and-so, it's women at a certain, it's children, it's, you know, more open-ended when things are silhouetted. So I silhouetted these things almost like eight or 10 or more years later. Can't do the math at the moment. <laughs> and I think it really transported them to another level because with this stuff, and I'll interject with other um, videos and stuff, but like you could see the same personality, in this case, the bike rider and whatever, um, the lines and the individualistic aspects. But at the same time, you know, it could be any kid on a bike or whatever. And for example, in this case, I love the drawing because it's very direct and immediate. If you've ever had a little child try and sit still for you ha, to draw them, that's a challenge unto itself. Um, and it has like, you know, a curious sense of distortions and everything. This is not supposed to be like, what do you call it? Literally, uh, like true in terms of uh, musculature and all that with figure drawing per se. You know, I'm drawing like what I see, what I perceive, what I feel. So the distortions are interesting. And then they seem to be emphasized when I silhouette them. And so I think that's really clear in this case because it has like this universal presence. Okay, kid on a bike. And at the same time, you know, you look at it at certain angles and the piece of art keeps giving something back to you because, oh, there's that dimension. There's this, there's that. Oh, I see this. And uh, I'm not sure you can see that in the video here, but all these lines, as I mentioned, are really built in relief. And I like the directness of that. I like how like the line is drawn immediately with the sitter there. Then all the other stuff is built up over time. So um, these pieces have a real life of their own as time progresses. And I love letting the wood grain come through and showing some of the life of that. And so I'd like to place these, how do I say this? These portraits in like a 
lively, abstracted environment. And the environment could be really loud and crazy or quite minimal and subtle and really informs the figure. And I hope they give things back to each other and resonate a certain type of energy that you wouldn't necessarily anticipate. So for example, like in this case, there's like a little water shower coming down or reference to that. And I've painted the background and painted all the concentric circles. And as you can see, there's drips and there's a lot of nuances here. So these are kinds of pieces like they seem graphical. Oh, boom. That's what it looks like. But as you spend time with them, they keep giving more back to you over time as you like go through life experiences and you see the painting under different lights and uh, from different moods, from different perceptions, and you see different things. Like I built in all this stuff um, that emerges and you see over time, like these drips and stuff that don't necessarily appear or are readily apparent necessarily. And just this, like a lot of subtleties and nuances to this. That's why I call it like a, this whole genre is quite more esoteric art. There's just like a lot of stuff going on. And even in this piece, like I didn't build up the whole line drawing as in this one with all the plastics. But at the same time, if you were here and looking at this at an angle, you could see, oh, that's this individual smoking a cigar with his leg crossed, sitting on some kind of chair or whatever. But anyway, this pairs it down to some abstract shape maybe an abstract blob, however you want to reference it, that also is associated with a figure. In this case, it seems kind of clear that it's a male figure. But then I build it up with all these other things, which are like plastics and uh, these kind of compounds that build surface up and you could really um, get stuff to project off the surface. Because that's another thing, like these are in relief, like quarter inch, a half an inch or more. and this is recessed and I build these like uh, linear elements up around these things to give them a, like a resonating presence and these things have a real time-based element you can't do it like that then just have a painting you know you got to nurture it over time cultivate it and they offset the figure these things have like a real as I said, like an anthropological or archaeological aspect to them. That was something I really wanted to like get at sort of conceptually, like you're digging through to the core of this individual's persona or people's uh, heartfelt feelings, what have you. And I'm also into like the real physical presence of things. And I like to put these things in a weird abstracted environment like this guy is not in some psychologist's office or what have you he's in some i don't know what you would say some abstracted environment right and so a lot of those things themes are coming from me from some deep intuitive place that's also whimsical and playful and curious and about following your nose and say, oh, this looks neat. Let's try this. Let's try that. And then 
editing, kind of like writing, put a lot of stuff out there, pare it down, pare it down, spit a lot of other stuff out there, pare it down, pare it down. It's a process, right? You get engulfed in the whole process of making a piece of work, even though initially might have been an idea like, oh, I want to do this. But these things evolve over time, right? And all art does, even conceptual art. So I use a lot of, uh, in this case, you know, mandala-esque, I guess you would say imagery or referencing mandalas. I love concentric circles and what they reference. And I've been using those in my work for like 30 or 40 years. And somehow circles, concentric circles really resonate with me. And I can't necessarily identify why they just seem very primordial, very essential and meaningful in an odd way that I can't identify her name and I'm not sure I want to. They're just calling to me and I've been paying them forever. And I think they have like a galactic reference and maybe a molecular, molecular reference. So I think there's a um, macro micro aspect going on here. You know, so you have the linear thing and then you have the silhouetted thing and then you have how this is all presented in this abstracted environment and all that together hopefully conveys something but in the end i want all those uh, components to evaporate and i want the pieces to be uh ideally like transcendent and way beyond like what you're working on like i want you to be moved and feel something and perhaps that's quite idealistic um nonetheless like that's the motive for the work like when you're looking at it and if it's presented in some great situation or whatever situation it is i want it to be compelling so like you're struck you're like oh wow and it's riveting and you can't take your eyes from it and as you live with it or look at it at the moment it keeps giving more stuff back to you and that's what makes art alive like the whole point of this is to do something alchemical right like it's not like i care about the figure which i do enormously it's not like i care about abstract stuff which i do enormously but in the end, those are like a vocabulary or a grammar that you use to get to something deeper, right? Something that is just moving to people. And I think um, that's a funny thing about contemporary art, but I think it's a wonderful thing. And that's what keeps me going, like doing something alchemical. You have all these materials concepts, ideas, you throw them all together and you start at point A and you come out who knows where at X, Z, L, what have you. And it's a total revelation. It's a surprise. And I hope that comes across to people in a persuasive way. And I think uh, that's a good little short brief summary of the Black Hole series. Thanks for joining me. Come back again next week. Thanks again.